Good Friday morning, guys. Uh, after racing across the country, that monster winter storm has arrived right here on the East Coast. It's here, and it's just one of the holiday weather concerns we're tracking this morning. Hi, everybody. It's December 16th, and this is today. Massive and messy, that powerful system now bringing snow, ice, and rain to tens of millions in the Northeast and set to impact the weekend. While in the South, families clean up from that rare outbreak of December tornadoes. All I heard was boom, and I seen a white light come through my kitchen window. Just ahead, your full forecast and the new weather concern expected to hit during next week's busy holiday travel rush. Still spreading cases of flu, COVID, and other viruses on the rise. Key medicines in short supply just as Americans get ready to gather for the holidays. Some cities and schools now ready to bring back masks. How bad will it get? We'll talk to the White House COVID response coordinator live. Breaking overnight, Russia launching a barrage of airstrikes across Ukraine, the largest attack in weeks. More than 60 missiles causing damage, including in the capital of Kyiv, or live on the front lines. Twitter turmoil, the accounts of several prominent journalists who cover Elon Musk suddenly suspended overnight. Why critics are calling the move very concerning. All that plus deals and deadlines. Time is almost up to find the perfect presents and get them shipped. What you need to know heading into a big weekend of shopping. And making memories from unforgettable adventures and experiences. To packed concerts and stars in Studio 1A. I will chug it with you if you chug it. If you down the whole thing. A look back at all the fun we had this year. Today, Friday, December 16th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey, Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. So nice to have you with us on this Friday morning. Are we ready to look back at 2022? C- conclusion is we drink way too much on the show. That's <laughs> no. what I took away from well, those clips. Well, <laughs> definitely all in one sitting. Uh, we definitely will have some fun looking back yeah. this morning. But we've got our top story. Those severe storms, once again, they have wreaked havoc coast to coast all week long. Yeah, this morning, the Northeast is being hit hard. Check this out. We have a live look up in New Hampshire. That's where heavy snow is falling. I think we have that. Also, Western New York, drivers waking up to slick snow-covered roads as well. Roughly 15 million of us are under winter alerts right now. They extend through the weekend. And we are getting a first look now at next week and the possibility of a major storm that could impact a large part of the country. Yep, heading into Christmas. Mm. Dylan's full forecast is straight ahead. Let us start in snowy Syracuse with NBC's Kathy Park. Kathy, good morning. Savannah, good morning to you. That's right. We've been tracking this massive winter storm ever since Tuesday. It has finally pushed its way here to the northeast. And this morning here in Syracuse, we're looking at several inches of wet snow on the ground. And the snow really began falling yesterday afternoon. But this is a long duration storm. And a lot of this, the snowy conditions will last through this evening. This morning, millions in the Northeast waking up to a wintry mess of snow, ice, and rain. The cross-country storm already blamed for blizzard conditions in the plains, plus deadly and destructive tornadoes down south, showing no signs of slowing down. 
New York's governor activating emergency resources and urging residents to avoid unnecessary travel. We just want to make sure people heed all of our warnings. Parts of central New York could see more than a foot of snow. Here in Syracuse, residents say they're ready. It gets really messy. The snow is slick and everything, but you know what? We're used to it. Blizzard conditions leaving parts of the Great Plains buried. Nearly two feet of snow falling in Duluth, Minnesota since Tuesday, while tornado outbreaks swept through seven states in the south. Everything, we lost everything. We lost all our clothes, we lost food, we lost, literally, we, the only thing we have probably is the clothes that we have in our back. The powerful storm also bringing heavy wind and rain to central Florida, where a tornado touched down in St. Petersburg. It was like a train noise and then uh, all of a sudden, I heard windows keep on flapping, and all of a sudden, it broke. In Louisiana, the cleanup is just beginning after punishing storms barreled through, injuring dozens and killing at least three people. Based on the level of destruction we've seen across the state, uh, that we were blessed to not have more loss of life and more injuries than we had. And back here in the Northeast, in addition to the snow, wind gusts also a concern as well. Some spots could be looking at 20 to 25 mile per hour wind gusts. So down trees and power lines are a possibility. Savannah. All right, Kathy, thank you. All right, Dylan's here with more on what we can expect as we head into the weekend. And a lot of people even looking further ahead uh, to Christmas week. We'll get to that. We'll get to First, that. let's deal with this storm we've been talking about all week long. It's finally starting to move across New England. In the interior northeast, the interior parts of New England, that's where we have most of our snow. So where it's snowing right now, it'll stay as snow. Where it's raining right now, it'll stay as rain. And the whole thing will continue to exit as we go through, I'd say, early Saturday morning. We're going to hang on to a lot of this snow across New England through the night tonight and through early Saturday. The rain will come to an end across the mid-Atlantic, but then those winds come in off of Lake Erie especially, so Buffalo will get into more of a lake effect snow situation going through the weekend. It's mostly up across the ski resorts where we'll see uh, in the highest elevations perhaps up to 18 to 24 inches of snow, but it's the lake effect snow that could cause about 15 to 22 inches of snow. Okay, so here we go into next week. Thursday, Friday, early Saturday time frame. This is the European model. It takes it and combines two storms that will move into the interior northeast. That means mostly rain through the I-95 corridor and snow for the interior northeast. Then there's the American model. This particular model makes this more of a coastal storm, which means we could see snow through the Carolinas, the mid-Atlantic, and up across the northeast and New England. This is, again, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's very far away. Just want to show you there is something showing up in the models that could indicate we could see a snowstorm before Christmas. But we'll iron out those details, especially going into next week. Yeah. Wow. Full Triage. There. Triage. there you go. Okay. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> Thank you. Now to the ongoing fight against the triple-demic with an estimated 113 million Americans traveling over the holidays. The surge could just get worse. Yeah, COVID cases, by the way, up 45% over the last two weeks. It is the worst flu season in years. 13 million cases already reported, not to mention there's RSV. And now we are also seeing a spike in strep cases. With us to talk about all of this, White House COVID-19 response coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jha. Dr. Jha, good morning. I mean, what is the lay of the land from your perspective? We're here in this triple-demic, the feared triple-demic. How long do you think this lasts? Yes, good morning. Thanks so much for having me back. Um, indeed, we are seeing the spread of three highly contagious respiratory viruses, right? We're seeing RSV, flu, and COVID. Uh, what's happening right now across the country is it really looks like RSV has peaked. 
and is on its way down. That's the good news. But we still have a lot of flu uh, rising in most places. And then COVID has risen, as you heard, by a substantial amount, not just cases, but hospitalizations and deaths beginning to climb. But the bottom line here is this is less an issue about being concerned and more about taking action. Um, we have two terrific vaccines against flu and COVID. If people go out and got, get their flu shot, got their updated COVID shot, it's going to make an enormous difference in terms of what happens in the weeks ahead. Yeah, Dr. Zhao, let's talk about COVID for just a second. You said those cases are up. Uh, there is a school in Philadelphia that is making it mandatory for kids to mask after they come back from the holidays for two weeks. Do you think that's something we're going to see more of? Yeah, so look, we have several tools that can keep COVID under control. Masking is one of them. Testing is another. Obviously, vaccinations are critical. Um, what we're going to see is different communities try different things. Uh, and that's actually appropriate. I've always believed that this is the kind of thing where local leaders should make local decisions about what's going to be useful. And I think we're going to see different places try different approaches to keeping COVID cases down so that it doesn't disrupt school. Let's talk about medicine shortages. I mean, there's certainly anecdotal evidence of, for example, amoxicillin shortages, especially for the little ones, Tamiflu, horrifyingly to any parent of, of little kids. And I know you've got them, too. There are anecdotal uh, reports of drugstores that don't have children's Motrin, children's Tylenol, that kind of thing. Is this something that the White House is keeping an eye on? How concerned are you about that? Yeah, absolutely. We're tracking this very closely. FDA and HHS are tracking this very closely. So the good news here is that we have plenty of supply, that we've been working with manufacturers. They're working 24-7. Supply is actually up. The challenge is demand. Because RSV, flu, and COVID are all at high levels, the demand is really unusual, uh, unlike what we've seen in years. And so we are seeing some of those mismatches, but, but, the, but the supply is working great, manufacturing's going great, and we're gonna keep plugging away at making sure that there's plenty of supply across the country as we get into the holidays. Yeah, um, a lot of folks are passing on the COVID booster. Uh, there are people who are not getting their flu shot this year. I don't know whether they're vaccined out or what the deal is. How much is that playing into all of the, the spike in numbers? Yeah, so like, look, it's been a hard three years of the pandemic. Uh, obviously, flu, one more challenge. I understand where people are. But the good news right now is that we have the capability, we have the tools to manage the situation we're in. So that's why it's really important for people to go out and get these vaccines. It really will make the holidays much, much safer. Dr. Jha, the White House for us this morning. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks, Dr. it. Dr. Let's move now to breaking news overnight in the war in Ukraine. Russia launching a massive new wave of missile strikes. NBC's Ellison Barber is in Kiev for us this morning. Hey, Ellison, good morning. Hoda, people woke up to the sounds of air raid sirens and explosions. Kyiv's military administration says this city withstood one of the biggest missile attacks since the beginning of the full-scale invasion. This morning, Russia launching a new wave of missile strikes across Ukraine, clouding the sky over Kyiv and forcing Ukrainians underground. It's kind of making you scared. Yeah, you get used to it. The strikes come as Ukrainian officials warn of a renewed push for the capital. The commander of the armed forces of Ukraine telling The Economist, quote, Russians are preparing some 200,000 fresh troops. I have no doubt they will have another go at Kyiv. Meanwhile, Russia offering a new warning of their own, this one directed to the United States. 
Russia's foreign ministry says if the U.S. provides Ukraine with the Patriot air defense missile system, it will be a provocative move that could entail possible consequences. Three U.S. defense officials tell NBC News Secretary Lloyd Austin is poised to approve Ukraine's request for the sophisticated air defense system as soon as this week. But the most intense fighting is still in the east. In Bakhmut yesterday, a Ukrainian heavy artillery brigade launched attacks on Russian positions as volunteers like American Brad Hendrickson try to rescue civilians. The U.S. is also planning to expand military training for Ukrainian forces. The Pentagon says they will begin training 500 troops a month in January, and that training will take place in Germany. Hoda. Ellison, Barbara Forrest there in Kiev. Thank you so much. Twitter has suspended several high-profile journalists who cover the platform and its CEO, Elon Musk. The list includes employees of The New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, and several other outlets. Musk says the suspension stemmed from the platform's new rules banning users from sharing private jet trackers. Musk tweeted, criticizing me all day long is totally fine, but doxing my real-time location and endangering my family is not. Musk later added that the suspensions would last seven days, that some of the journalists said they were told the bans were permanent, and many of those journalists say they were not reporting those coordinates at all. All right, uh, 713, a lot to get to. We welcome Craig in. Hey, Craig. Hey, hello, Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. We are getting our first look this morning at thousands of newly declassified files related to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy 59 years after a moment that changed the course of history. NBC's chief Washington correspondent, Andrew Mitchell, has this story. Andrew, good morning to you. Good morning, Craig. Well, the documents give more details about how much the FBI and the CIA knew about Kennedy assassin Lee Harvey Oswald in the weeks before he killed the president. But they still don't answer the critical question whether anyone else was involved. This morning, the Biden administration is releasing more than 13,000 records tied to President John F. Kennedy's assassination, but withholding thousands more, citing national security concerns. The documents reveal that Lee Harvey Oswald, who said weeks earlier in Mexico he wanted to kill Kennedy, was being closely tracked by both the CIA and FBI. Why weren't these documents released years earlier? In 1963, if Americans had seen this stuff, they might have said, you know, why did the FBI and CIA let our president be assassinated? One document shows how the CIA intercepted a phone call Oswald made to the Soviet embassy in Mexico City weeks before the assassination on a wiretap arranged with the help of Mexico's president. Why wasn't any of that information quickly passed on to Washington so the Secret Service could act to make sure that this man Oswald wasn't a threat to the president of the United of the United States? On that fateful day, the president and first lady Jacqueline Kennedy arrived in Texas on a campaign swing. Riding in a limo through downtown Dallas, shots ringing from a third-floor window. President Kennedy died at approximately 1 o'clock Central Standard Time. The Warren Commission concluded Oswald acted alone. But over the decades, Kennedy's assassination has spawned countless conspiracy theories, dramatized in movies like Oliver Stone's JFK. Why was Kennedy killed? Who benefited? Who has the power to cover it up? John Kennedy's assassination sadly will never be fully solved. That was probably cinched the day that Lee Harvey Oswald was killed in that police station in Dallas. 
1992 law required the government to release all JFK assassination documents by 2017. But President Biden is withholding 3% of the documents, citing national security. Critics say that even after almost six decades, the government is still trying to protect the FBI and the CIA from acknowledging they could have saved the president's life. Fascinating. Our chief Washington correspondent there, uh, Andrew Mitchell. Andrew, thank you. All right. Quarter after the hour, let's get the rest of the forecast from Dylan. Good morning again, everyone. We are finally almost ready to say goodbye to this storm system that's been wreaking havoc across the country all week long. It's going to continue to bring snow across the interior northeast, rain along the coast before it will uh, move away going into this weekend. Still some scattered snow showers back through the upper Midwest, the northern plains, too. It's sunny and cool out west. Temperatures only in the 50s and 60s. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan. Thank you. Uh, Still ahead, King Charles and the senior royal stepping out into the spotlight in the wake of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's controversial Netflix documentary. Keir Simmons right there at Buckingham Palace for us. Morning, Keir. Hey there, good morning. In 24 hours after that docu-series dropped, there is silence from the senior royals inside Buckingham Palace there. But the British people have been responding and you will be stunned by what they have to say. We'll have that coming up. All right. And unless you really enjoy waiting until the very last minute, uh-huh. we're heading into the final big weekend for holiday shopping. We'll break down where you can find those best deals and the shipping deadlines you need to Get meet. Get your pen ready. But first, ready. this is today on NBC. Don't worry, I got Lindsay a gift. It's fun. <laughs> Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with Chris Pine to talk about a career that has taken him from Star Trek to Wonder Woman, and now the new film he wrote, directed, and stars in called Pool Man. You can get our conversation for free wherever you download your podcasts. Oh, welcome back, 7.30. Look at this, y'all. This is the merriest of Main Streets, the so-called Christmas capital of Texas, y'all. This is Grapevine. We are going to spotlight Grapevine, Texas just a little bit. Um, it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. We've had so much fun. Some of these I towns, I mean, this. they turn it out they do. for the holidays. You know Rockefeller yeah. Plaza? Not too slouchy either. We got our yeah. tree. We got a merry crowd way, out here. A soaking wet merry crowd. Yes. Look, our guys are, yeah. They'll do it. They'll be out there, rain or snow. Oh, I love it. All right, let's get your headlines. 7.30 Friday morning, and reaction is pouring in this morning This morning, over what former President Donald Trump teased as a major announcement. But it turned out Mr. Trump was not making any political statements. Instead, he was unveiling an online store to sell digital trading cards, depicting himself in a variety of roles and characters, such as a superhero, an astronaut, and an Old West sheriff. The digital cards sell for $99 apiece. Some tense moments at a military base in Fort Worth, Texas yesterday. 
and it was all caught on camera. You can see that F-35B fighter jet there trying a vertical landing. Watch what happens now. The front landing gear appears to snap off, sending that jet spinning out of control. Its oh, nose and wing scraping the tarmac there. Moments later, the pilot, as you can see there, wow. successfully ejects from the aircraft. At this point, we do not know anything about the pilot's condition or what may have caused that accident. Uh, now, though, we turn to that high-profile royal reunion, Prince Charles, Prince William's family coming together in London at a special Christmas concert. And, of course, this is all happening just hours after the latest stunning claims from Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's controversial Netflix docuseries. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, is at Buckingham Palace for us this morning with all the tea. Keir, good morning. <laughs> Hey, Savannah, the morning after the day before, and perhaps miraculously, Buckingham Palace is still standing. But 24 hours after Harry and Meghan fired their latest salvo, there is silence from the senior royals. And perhaps that speaks volumes. The royal family presenting a united front at Westminster Abbey, just one day after Harry and Meghan publicly exposed deep divisions. A dazzling Princess of Wales hosting a charity concert called, somewhat ironically, together at Christmas, alongside Prince William and their eldest children, George and Charlotte, warmly greeting the King and Queen Consort in front of the cameras, who joined in for some holiday cheer, perhaps the kind of stoic royal display criticised by Prince Harry just hours earlier. As the final part of Harry and Meghan's Netflix docuseries were released Thursday, Harry's claims, deeply personal, exposing the true rift with William. Harry accusing William's media team of briefing newspapers against him and his wife. The Duchess of Sussex describing her experience of damage caused by negative headlines. Netflix says this was its biggest documentary debut ever, but for many in Britain, it's deeply polarising. I don't think anything will ever change. Racism just can't change. I think it's outrageous. And it's a publicity stunt. I just see it as a, as a way of grabbing some cash at the expense of your family. Prince Harry says he hopes speaking out helps make change happen. But this morning, he and his family look more divided than ever. You know, I've, I've had to make peace with the fact that probably never going to get genuine accountability or a genuine apology. You know, my wife and I were, were moving on. All right, Kira, all the episodes have now dropped. The palace has not responded. Yeah. Where does it go from here? Well, Savannah, of course, we have Harry's book, Spare, coming out in January. We don't know what is going to be in it. There are those suggesting that perhaps people at some point are going to be just exhausted uh, by all of this. But, you know, those enormous Netflix numbers don't suggest that. And Savannah, it, here's uh, the irony. That appetite for more stories from Harry and Meghan suggests more headlines, which suggests they have more battles to fight in the months and years ahead. Here, so I guess you'll just take up residence right there <laughs> out on the sidewalk in front of Buckingham exactly. Palace. Thank it's you very much. Day. Yes. Uh, when we come back here, uh, Vicky is going to tell us everything we need to know about this weekend's last minute holiday shopping deals and those shipping deadlines too, huh? Yes, good morning. Super Saturday is tomorrow. And if you are hoping to ship some gifts without paying a premium, I'll have the details on the deadlines you got to pay attention to. The final countdown to Christmas is here. Let's make it as smooth as butter. I'll see you when we come back right after this. 739 today's holiday consumer Christmas is nine short days away. It's a big weekend for shopping and for shipping too. Procrastinators 
come on. Are expected to turn out in droves to scoop up those final bargains. I'm ribbing you, but I'm the same. And of course, you have to get some of those packages into the mail. Yeah. Uh, NBC's senior consumer investigative correspondent, Vicki Wynn, here to make everyone anxious. Yes. Uh, Vicki, good morning. Hey, Hoda's the one that gave you the look. She gave I gave you the eye. Eye. Not me. <laughs> good morning. Yeah, it is crunch time for last minute shoppers and for shipping couriers to get those gifts to your doorstep. Industry analysts say 90 million packages will crisscross the U.S. every day until Christmas. So if you are still shopping, here's what you need to know. In the final countdown to Christmas, millions of shoppers are still hunting for the perfect present, with consumers expected to shell out up to $960 billion this holiday season. The race to get those gifts under the tree is on. Shipping deadlines fast approaching. To save money, plan to send this weekend. The deadline for ground shipping at the post office is tomorrow, the 17th. Expedited options will give you until the 22nd at UPS and the 23rd at USPS and FedEx. I'm just like hoping, you know, that everything gets in before Christmas so that I can I can wrap everything and give everything to everybody. For parents like Brittany Roselle, convenience is key this holiday season. If I could just use just strictly delivery, like same day shipping services, I definitely, definitely would. And businesses big and small are listening, offering extended hours, deep discounts and more last minute options. You'll find curbside pickup available through Christmas Eve at stores like Best Buy, Nordstrom, and Target. You could order up until 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve, and you'll get same-day delivery through Shipped. Or on December 20th, you could place an order online, and we'll have it to your door before Christmas. While retail sales fell more than expected in November under the weight of persistent inflation, tomorrow is expected to draw nearly 160 million shoppers, living up to its nickname, Super Saturday. Expect longer checkout lines. And even if you're taking advantage of those things like in-store pickup and curbside pickup, expect wait times to be a bit longer for those things as well. In the final stretch of the holiday shopping season, there are still deals to be had and better inventory across the board than last year. On Saturday, Kohl's customers can take an additional 25% off their purchases and shoppers will find select toys up to 50% off at Walmart. Shoppers should really zero in on those items that retailers want to get off their shelves. So think things like games, toys, stocking stuffers, seasonal decor, and those holiday-themed gift sets. Plenty of hope left for the procrastinators among us. Why don't you stop with your judgment, Vic? <laughs> uh, hey, this, I'm with you. I'm in that pool this, this year, monster for sure. storm that Dylan's been telling us about, is, is that going to impact the shipping at all, or do we know? It absolutely is, Craig. It's hard to say to what degree that it's going to affect our packages, but experts say it could slow down about 2 million packages wow. a day, which is all the more reason to get those orders in. Mm-hmm. Do it this weekend. Tomorrow is Super Saturday. Amazon, some retailers, they're trying to help you by factoring in the weather okay. to the shipping deadlines, but still, the yeah. earlier the better. Okay, cool, Vicky. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of winter weather, Dylan's Mm -hmm. got the forecast. Don't blame me for the weather. (laughs) No, never. Just just the messenger here. Um, You know, we've been talking so much about the cold and the snow up across the uh, northern plains and the upper Midwest. Well, I just want to show you just how cold it is. Right now, the wind chill in Bismarck with the snow on the ground is six below zero. Watertown in South Dakota is at one degree right now. Tomorrow, we are going to start off the day with wind chills of 16 degrees below zero up in Bismarck. Rapid City will feel like like one below Billings, Montana will feel like one below. Even Minneapolis will feel like it's only four degrees tomorrow morning as you step out. And then morning lows are going to get even colder.
here. These are actual air temperatures on uh, Tuesday in Rapid City. You're starting off the day with the actual air temperature of 13 degrees below zero. Minneapolis goes below zero by Tuesday. Omaha, Nebraska, only three degrees on Tuesday. So that's some really cold air that's going to take hold. And it's just a taste of what's to come going into next week as we really get into this Arctic air mass. It's still snowing also in that part of the country and in the northeast, the interior northeast especially. We still have that heavy snow that'll last all day. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank Thank you. you. Coming up, your 8 o'clock hour. Ah. 